Hey, this is Amanda, women's health dietitian. And I'm Emily, nutritional therapy practitioner. And this is the Are You Menstrual podcast, where we help you navigate the confusing world of women's hormones and teach you how to have healthy periods. Each week, we will be diving into a different topic on women's health and sharing our perspective using nutrition, female physiology, and metabolic health. Our goal is to help you wade through conflicting health information and empower you on your healing journey. We hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we are covering a topic I've been learning more and more about and has honestly not stopped amazing me since I've dug into it, and that is the lymphatic system. I am joined by Leah from Lymph Love Club on Instagram. Leah is a licensed massage therapist, educator, and certified lymphatic drainage specialist. In her Austin clinic, she supports and works with women on all sorts of unique healing journeys from mold toxicity to gut health and even post-operative care. She founded Lymph Love Club in 2020 and began sharing her lymph-moving tips and tricks on social media as a resource for her clients to to support their lymphatic health outside of the work they were doing one-on-one. And if you don't follow Leah on Instagram, you will by the end of this podcast episode. (laughs) The response from women all over the world was overwhelming, and she knew she had to get the word out. Now she's teaching online courses and in-person workshops on how easy it is to keep that healing river flowing right from her home. Her philosophy and approach is simple. Keep the good stuff circulating and get the bad stuff out. She says, in order to be radiant health, we have to support and work with the body on every level. Our lymphatic system has an intimate relationship with every other system in the body and is designed to do just that. And that's really what I hope everyone learns from this episode is how important the lymphatic system, how it can touch all the different systems of the body and how you guys can hopefully start supporting your lymph today. So Thank you so much for being here with me, Leah, and agreeing to do this interview. I'm very excited to dig into all this with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for your content. I feel like since we've met, I've just learned so much and it's helped me serve my clients better. Why don't you talk a little bit more about your own healing journey? Because you've been on quite the healing journey and I feel like that that must shape the work that you're doing today. And I know before we even started recording, we were talking about how like your practice has evolved so much and to focus so much on lymph now. Can you give everyone an idea of kind of like what you've been through and why you made that shift? So a lot of changes have been made for me and my body. But the reason that I got into the lymphatic system is actually because of some family members that were dealing with chronic conditions. My mom, you know, she's got some lymphatic stuff. She also is a breast cancer survivor. So that kind of hit home for me because when we think lymph, we think cancer and it's not, you know, it's not always (laughs) the case, but, um, yeah, my brother has like a rare autoimmune condition. So as a massage therapist, just working with the muscles, tendons, and ligaments, I wasn't really able to help them. You know, my mom got a really rare parasite and the you know, the medication that she took to kill it definitely wiped out her microbiome. So I was learning a lot about how to heal the gut and stuff like that, because the doctors that she was seeing were not really able to help her. And I think she was sick a lot longer than she needed to be. 
but she's doing better now. That's good. That's very interesting. What about your own healing journey and what that has looked like? I feel like you've had a pretty big health transformation that I know you share about on your Instagram quite a bit. Oh yeah. So I don't have a chronic condition. I used to have chronic pain and I think a lot of that came from poor nutrition, just not really supporting my body, not having a good relationship with my body. I definitely had a little bit of, you know, body dysmorphia at the beginning of the pandemic. That was kind of like my lowest. Maybe about six months in, I started going to therapy and kind of healing some of these past traumas with drug use and things like that. And it just, it really transformed working with people that have more severe things going on in their body, it kind of led me to realize, man, not everything's going great in my body. My ankles are swelling and, you know, I'm depressed and fatigue and brain fog. I also have ADHD and I find that supporting my lymphatic health has just checked all of the boxes for anything that wasn't working for me a hundred percent. And, and so I just, I feel like I'm I, I don't know. I just feel really good. You're definitely like, I feel like when I, whenever I talk to you, whenever I look at your content on Instagram or anything, like you, you come across as like this, like glowing, vibrant, like very special person. So I can't picture you any other way. It's like hard to even like imagine. You got into the limb stuff, especially like with your mom, the history of breast cancer and everything. When you started like working with your mom and your brother with the autoimmune stuff in lymph, did you start to experiment on yourself too and notice any changes? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel, I like to say that my mom was like my first virtual lymphatic coaching person (laughs) and we would FaceTime, you know, and I'd be like, Hey, is there like a little pocket of fluid right here under your cheekbone? And you know, she'd, took her finger and just was like, oh, it's tender. That feels very tender. How did you see that? (laughs) And I I was just like, well, I can kind of see fluid accumulation now, I guess. (laughs) And so I just kind of walked her through how to drain that fluid under her cheek. And I was thinking to myself, she lives in North Carolina. And I just was like, man, I just moved some fluid from Texas all the way to North Carolina. And uh, that's just kind of where I got the idea for for the just opening the idea, the possibility that I could help somebody from so far away. That's really cool. So it's really great. And I'm sure that that was helpful for her too, because it's like I feel like when you're at the point where you already have that much lymph buildup, like that fluid buildup, and it's noticeable. It's like those are the people that really, really benefit from getting that lymph mm-hmm. moving. Now I just make sure that she's, you know, walking every day and using the rebounder I got her, <laughs> the little trampoline. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. So let's dig into like what the lymphatic system actually is. I think some people might know, but this is the first time we're covering it on the podcast. So can you give us like a background of like what it is and why we should care about it. Absolutely. It's kind of like a little ocean inside of us. I know that you're a stop chasing pain fan and Dr. Perry always kind of compares it to an aquarium and our lymphatic fluid is, you know, it's full of protein, it's salty, it's mostly water, so it definitely is that little healing river, healing ocean. So lymph definitely moves throughout all these little pipes in our body. And it's so heavily concentrated that lymphatic vessels are actually three hair widths apart. So if you can just imagine a whole 
inner web, you know, this 3D matrix that creates fluid and pulls it into deeper channels throughout the body. That is how immune cells travel throughout the body, hormones, and then also toxins so that it can be processed through the elimination organs and leave our body safely, but then also deliver nutrients to the cells of our body. So really important for cellular health and just regeneration of tissue. And the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump, correct? Is this kind of like what makes it different from other systems in the body? Absolutely. There's no pump, even though blood and lymph always work together. Um, there are just other ways that it gets around. Uh, the nervous system being one of them, our breath, our diaphragm actually creates a nice little syringe-like movement. Uh, they only move in little one-way channels, but those little one-way channels are lined with smooth muscle. And so the nervous system activates that smooth muscle and it can kind of slowly inch, kind of like a caterpillar. It like inches the fluid one way so that it can circulate back into the bloodstream. That's a really good way to think about it. With the lymph, so it, it doesn't have a pump, but we have these, you know, built in, obviously, mechanisms to get it moving throughout the body. It's really important. It's moving, you know, white blood cells, immune system around hormones, nutrients, toxins. Um, where I feel like a lot of people think of lymph nodes and having like a swollen lymph node when they think of the lymphatic system. Where are our lymph nodes? They're strategically placed around major joints. So in the armpits, knee pits, got some in the elbow pits and in the wrist here. But of the six to 700 lymph nodes that we have in our body, a third of them, about 200 are in the head and neck. So if that tells oh. you how much energy our brain uses <laughs> with the placement there of all those lymph nodes, that's why brain fog is such a common, you know, top of the list, uh, symptom as like a good indicator of how well someone's lymph might be flowing. Oh, that's really interesting. And I, cause I know one thing that you talk about a lot is even just like opening up and like focusing on the head and neck first, when you're starting to support the lymphatic system or doing any sort of lymph work, is that because there's so many lymph nodes in that area? I mean, even I learned from you when doing any sort of lymph work, is it because of all those lymph nodes and where they're located? Well, it's also because the veins that the lymph actually goes back into the bloodstream is right behind the collarbones. So kind of opening that area in the clavicle is you know, it allows for that lymph to actually get back into the bloodstream. So when we skip that step, we're really missing out on that crucial component. So it's not just necessarily like moving lymph in a certain direction or anything in the body. It's also just act, kind of activating that specific area of those veins so that it can drain properly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's kind of our lymph system. It's all over, but it's primarily, you know, located in that head and neck area. That's where a lot of the important lymph nodes are. Um, and especially the, the specific veins that are going to get it back into the bloodstream. So how does it impact the other systems of our body? So it works with the cardiovascular system in regards to um, clearing cholesterol. So the liver can kind of process it, just keeps plaque from building up in our veins. And are in the arteries there. And 
There's also a brain health component. So neurologically, we've got our own lymphatic system in the brain called the glymphatic system. And that's another reason for the heavy concentration of lymph nodes in the head and neck is because all of the uh, the lymph in the brain eventually drains to those deep cervical lymph nodes. And so it just, you know, we can look forward to more science that's going to back up this idea of preventing neurological diseases. So interesting. Um, and I know you you have some cool posts mm-hmm. on the glymphatic system on your Instagram. Oh, yeah, the gut health stuff is important. <laughs> I was just going to say the gut the gut component there is like 70%, you know, of our immune system. We've got a lot of lymphoid tissue that line the inside of the intestines. So, you know, when things like leaky gut occur, that's when the immune cells are are having the leakage of that nutrient. They're they're kind of assuming that they're invaders. And so that's when they kind of attack things that don't need to be attacked. And the gut, the gut stuff gets off really quick there. Interesting. Don't we have a good amount of lymph nodes concentrated in like our abdomen area? Yeah, we've got a bunch of pelvic lymph nodes as well. Um, the ones that are stationed like at the tops of the hips, those drain into deeper pelvic lymph nodes. And then we've got some that line, you know, the inside of the spine and they're either in clusters or in chains. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember when you, you taught a class inside my membership for all the ladies in there and they loved it. And one of the self kind of lymph portions, massage portions was of the abdomen And I was like, oh, I was like, that's really interesting. And I remember you talking about that and how like that can be really helpful if you have, whether you have digestive issues or not. And I think you did talk about like gut health, having like a poor gut health history, immune system, all that stuff. So it makes sense if you can support that area that can help with the lymph and possibly with things like leaky Mm -hmm. gut. Because the lymphatic system is really responsible for taming inflammation. So you know, if there's poor blood flow due to, you know, how much we sit all day and working in front of computers, bad blood flow is going to be bad lymph flow. So that nice little abdominal massage just ensures that everything's moving freely. And with how common C-sections are, a lot of women that I see have cesarean sections. And so we're you know, we're doing some scar tissue work to loosen that stuff up because it makes it really hard for lymphatic fluid to, to pass through. Oh, that's so interesting. And then you have all those lymph nodes in that pelvic area. So I'm sure that could be like very problematic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to loosen that stuff up. I tell people to start working on their C-section scars as soon as, as soon as they're healed, because the sooner that you can kind of soften that tissue or even, you know, ask your massage therapist to work on it, um, the more beneficial it'll be because we can definitely, lymphatic drainage when applied, you know, post-operatively can repair lymphatic vessels that were severed during surgery and reduce the, uh, the possibility for the development of that scar tissue. And so do you find, it sounds like limb support would be good after any surgery. Yeah, I do a lot of postoperative care. 
And it's because you're getting those nutrients. Many different kinds. And and like immune cells there. Well, that's part of it. I mean, to help with the healing process in terms of just how regenerative lymphatic is, but it also helps with the swelling because it's so painful after surgery and there's so much fluid present. You know, that's why people have the little drainage tubes to like really get everything out of the body. It just really facilitates that healing, speeds it up. And yeah, like I said, the scar tissue and the lymphatic vessels. If you can get lymphatic drainage postoperatively, like within two to five months of surgery, you, you, the chances of repairing those lymphatic vessels are much higher. That's really cool. And, th- and something that you don't often think about is how is this impacting my lymphatic system, so depending on like the type of surgery you're getting. Yeah. Or just like the future of the lymphatic system, which is why so many, you know, breast cancer surgeries with a mastectomy where they're removing lymph nodes, sometimes women will often get, you know, either lymphedema or just swelling in that limb because their body is just kind of always going to be trying to keep up with that fluid. And what can they, is there anything you can do? Is it basically, so if you, if you start supporting lymphatic drainage within that two to five month time frame, like you just said, that will help reduce that for them in the future? Yeah, for sure. And there's also, so there's a lot of women that will go to a physical therapist who does lymphatic drainage or specializes in lymphedema. And those people are super beneficial to see after breast, you know, breast reconstruction and the mastectomy part, because it's also important to kind of rebalance those muscles and recalibrate everything. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop. I always try to send um, my breast cancer people to, you know, physical therapists that just really specialize in that. And I think that's a really cool niche. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, it should, I wish it were standard of care, you know, for these women to support them after, because it sounds like it's exactly what they need. Yeah. One in five women after breast cancer surgery will develop lymphedema. And so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, after you've survived, now you have to consider you know, having a lymphatic system problem. And, and like, how can you thrive? <laughs> how can you thrive after all that, like your mind and body has been through from that journey? So you mentioned brain fog as like a really common symptom of like ha- needing some lymphatic system support. What are some other symptoms that people might be able to kind of resonate with? Yeah. So, you know, chronic fatigue, if you're getting adequate sleep and you're just always tired, that's a good that's a good sign that there might be something going on there. Uh, when you wake up and you're feeling really stiff, really achy, sore, you know, a lot of good regenerative stuff happens when we sleep in regards to the lymphatic system. So, you know, it's not just like, oh, I'm getting older. <laughs> um, swelling in the hands and feet or like the lower legs, maybe varicose veins, acne, as you know, you know, our skin is always mirroring what's what's going on inside. So skin health is brain health. They skin and brain talk to each other. They come from the same sheet of cells in utero. And I'm trying to think of what else? Some gut stuff. Gut stuff always, right? <laughs> like, I feel like that is like such a big and because we have lymph nodes all over, it's not like they're just in one area of the body. It makes sense that it could show up in so many different places. And it'll show up in the lymph nodes too, where you've got swelling, usually in the head and neck, where you're just like, man, it just feels tender, which is why I always encourage 
people to touch themselves. <laughs> Which I and we'll and we'll get into that when we talk a little bit more of like applying these things and how we can support our lymph. What would slow down someone's lymphatic system? Like I know we talked about breast cancer specifically and having some lymph nodes removed. I believe that stress plays a big role and like because you talked about like how our breath and our diaphragm can impact it. Our nervous system impacts the muscle tissue. That's going to impact how lymph like flows through the body. What are some other areas that are going to impact that lymphatic flow? Yeah. So, you know, because the nervous system does play a part in how that lymphatic fluid was mobilized, stress is such a big one. Um, There are certain things that we can go over later where you can actually dilate your lymphatic vessels. We do have some control over how well our lymphatic fluid flows, which is really cool. Um, Nutrition is a big part of it. You know, as you know, if those long chain fatty, there's some fat that kind of circulates through the lymph system to get it to the liver to be processed. And, you know, just really leaning into leaning into those foods that are going to support the lymphatic is a huge one. So we talked about um, how different, like the nervous system breath, that sort of thing can impact lymphatic flow. Uh, I'm very curious to know more about how stress impacts lymphatic flow, but what are the different things, you know, in our lives that are going to impact how well our lymph fluid is flowing? Yeah. So there's a few different ways that really, you know, support, but also influence the way that our lymphatic fluid moves. So without the pump, it's very reliant on muscle activation So we really need to move our bodies. When we activate the muscles, it really helps to push that fluid further down. Um, Also the negative pressure in the chest with the diaphragm. So when we breathe, that really creates a pump. And the viscosity of our lymph, you know, if you're thinking in terms of water and we either have, we we want crystal clear Bahama beach water lymphatic fluid, but sometimes we get a murky, stagnant, thick, lymphatic fluid. And a lot of that can be contributed through uh, nutrition just due to the fact that the lymphatic system does carry fat through it and delivers it to the liver to be processed. That's really interesting. And so have you seen stress specifically? Because obviously that's going to impact our nervous system. Have you seen that like have a big impact on how well someone is able to get that lymphatic fluid moving, or maybe even like how they respond if someone's working with you, how they respond to lymphatic massage? Absolutely. So making, you know, making changes to the nervous system really dilates those lymphatic vessels and increases the amount of flow. And a lot of times when we just are experiencing chronic stress in our body, it can manifest as you know, muscle tension. And so when our fascia, our connective tissue that kind of gives us our shape and our form, when that stuff gets tight, it's really a response to the nervous system. And so it makes it really hard for blood and and lymph to flow freely. And that's why I do do incorporate some myofascial release into my lymphatic work. I always release people's diaphragm. And I always, you know, open, open up the fascia and the head and neck. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to link a, you have an IGTV on fascia and 
I think it's it was mostly just like the head and neck area and doing that before you do the lymphatic stuff because obviously like you you taught us in the class on how to do head and neck uh lymphatic drainage but I was I had I was like very new to the fascia release and it was so simple I couldn't believe it I'll, I'll link it in the show notes it's a really good one but it felt really good and now I do it each time just like a little bit like before um I do the actual like head and neck flow yeah it doesn't take long you know sometimes it might take longer than others but it just it feels intuitive, but it's not just like stretching the muscles. It's kind of stretching the birthday suit. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's what, I don't know, you make it very approachable in your videos and stuff. And when you taught that lesson in the class, like it's like, you're like, okay, you just, once you know, like the basic principles of lymph and how it moves in the body, like then you can start kind of following your intuition a little bit more, um, as far as like actual doing them, actually doing the massage. And I feel like that was really helpful because you're kind of like, am I doing this right? You know, but then the more that I do it, the more I can notice the fluid, which I never thought I, I was like, I just never thought I would actually feel it. But now it's like when I, if I, when I do it, I mean, I do it every day on my head and neck and it's, it's like, I can feel it like moving a little bit, but it's just crazy how gentle you have to be. It's like the most gentle process ever. Yeah. Because when that fluid form, you know, forms just beneath the surface of the skin, like just under the epidermis. And so that's what we're working. We're not really working the muscles underneath. Occasionally I will do, um, you know, slightly deeper lymphatic stuff, but for the most part, it really, all that magic is happening on the surface. That's really cool. And I'm, it's, I'm happy to hear that you're getting more intuitive with your touch because that's how it feels in the beginning. You're like, I don't think I'm doing anything. It doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. Hey, Amanda here, just giving you a quick break, hopefully a a break for your brain in the middle of this podcast episode to remind you that if you haven't gone through our free training, Optimizing Hormone Health Through Mineral Balance, we really do recommend starting there. And the main reason for that is because you're going to hear us say things like mineral foundation, having a solid foundation, are you putting the foundations in place? Especially what was we get deeper and deeper into different hormonal topics and specific imbalances in the body, the, the mineral foundation it's always going to be so essential. So if you haven't watched the free training, you can find it in our show notes or you can go to hormonehealingrd.com and it's going to be right on that front page there. But we really recommend starting there so that you can understand how is your current mineral status? How do you assess this and how to get started with all that just so you can get as much as you possibly can out of the rest of the podcast episodes. But that's it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. The head and neck for sure, because I've spent the most time there, but I have been doing a lot more. Uh, just with pregnancy, it's like, you know, the bigger your belly gets, it, it just feels like I crave it in my legs now because I'm just like, I, it just feels like that you can tell. And I haven't had any swelling or anything, which I'm very grateful for, but I'm also pretty active, which I think helps in my minerals. You know, of course, I'm like very supportive of those, but it's just interesting how it's like, I've had people say, oh, you're, you're doing like lymph support in pregnancy. Is that like allowed? You know, is that safe? I'm like, it, your, your body's going to do it either way, right? Like it's, it's like, it's going to happen either way. It's supposed to be happening. And when you think about it, like we're having so many physical shifts 
and everything that it, I'm like, if anything, I feel like it, you probably need a lot more support for your lymphatic system, especially mm-hmm. like as you get further and further along. So it's, it's been really helpful for me. It's just like, I started so much with the head and neck that now I'm like, I'm still getting, gaining that intuitiveness with the lower half of my body, but like head and neck and arms, like I can definitely tell a big difference. And I can tell when there's like certain areas that resist now, which is interesting. Um, but it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like the bottlenecks and stuff. So we'll, we'll go into all that. Um, but what are, what are like ways in general that people can support their lymphatic system outside of that kind of massage? And then we'll dig into like, how can you start? Like, what is lymphatic massage? How do you, how, what are some basic ways to start doing it? That sort of thing. Yeah. So you can definitely support your lymphatic health at home by really focusing on your nutrition and just eating real, real food and muscle activation. So exercising. And when I say exercise, I really prefer the word movement. When we talk about movement, it's what carries us through our lives. And exercise is like this little tiny 45 minute, 30 minute sliver that we do a few times a week. So really just moving your body any way that you're capable of is always better than nothing. And taking time to support your nervous system with maybe some breath work and some meditation or yoga. Yoga is a really great one as long as you're not uh, extending too much uh, effort, you'll stay in that parasympathetic. So that will really dilate the, the, uh, lymphatic, the lymphatic vessels. Oh, that's a really, that's interesting. So it's like basically getting into that rest and digest state helps to dilate those vessels and that will, people are definitely not doing that enough. So I think everyone, that's, that's a cool, I had the next podcast I'm recording after this is on the vagus nerve. So these will, these will go together very nicely. And there's, um, there's a really cool product. It's called Zen and it's a little, it's an earbud and it goes into your ear and it sends these like electric currents and it stimulates the vagus nerve through your left ear. Oh, nice. I definitely have a couple tutorials where I show people how to like do some little tiny circles in the ear, like ear pulls. All of those things are just really great. (laughs) Oh, that's so, I'll have to look, I'll have to find those ones. I have a bunch I'm going to link in the show notes of just like you like kind of guiding people on how to do lymphatic support. Can you talk a little bit more about rebounding? Cause I feel like this is one that people like kind of know about, but not a hundred percent. And I think knowing like how that could be helpful. You also mentioned you got your mom rebounding. So what are, what are the benefits of that and what, what is it? Yeah. So, you know, the tiny trampolines are so great. They kind of discovered that when they send people to space, that their lymphatic system goes crazy and the rebounding, because there's these little one-way flaps to prevent backflow, when you're jumping up and down, it just like, boom, 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 sends that fluid much faster. And so anything, you know, like vibration and rebounding are just super beneficial. Oh, vibration too. That's interesting. I feel like I've heard of those, like those plates that people will stand on and vibrate. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Lots of my lots of my clients love those and ask me about them and they're just they're really beneficial. Yeah, I have a little rebounder over here in my office. I can't I'm, I'm my belly's too big now to use it. I'd probably <laughs> pee myself, but um not really. I've been working on my pelvic floor, but I'm like I don't want to push it, okay? <laughs> but I did use that a lot 
pre-pregnancy, it was like a great break during the day too. Like even if you're, whether you're sitting or standing, it's like, again, it's that movement, right? It's like when you're stationary and staying in one place and you're not getting in that regular movement, I feel can you know, depending on your job and what your day-to-day looks like, I feel like I noticed for me, it made a big difference, even in energy, which now I know why, because we've got so much lymph in that head and neck area. So it makes sense that it is so supportive. Yeah. I also have, I don't have a rebounder myself. My ceilings are kind of low (laughs) in the rental that we have, but I do have a yoga ball. And so I'll just like sit on my yoga ball and go up and down because even though it might not be necessarily moving the lymph in my legs specifically, it's, it's everything from the torso up. (laughs) So it's great. That's a really good one. Um, I'm sitting on one right now. So, cause I can't sit in chairs anymore, but, um, that's cool. And dry brushing too, right? Dry brushing is like another way that you can support your lymph. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the self-lymphatic work with your hands is really great. And that's like my preferred method because it really creates more of a connection with what we're doing. You can feel it, but the dry brushing is awesome. Um, if you're going to be dry brushing, I like to tell people that you're trying to get like the last line of dust, like dirt into the dustpan. So the brush stroke should just be really short, little, uh, like I can't get the dirt in. Which is like the opposite of any tutorial that you would ever see online, isn't it? Uh, well, I feel like tutorials are really great. And I've never really heard it described as like the dustpan thing. So I'm going to take stake and claim that. But they they usually will skip over the bottleneck area. So it's very common to be instructed to start at your hands and feet and then work up towards your body. But my method and the way that I teach is to activate the lymph nodes that are going to be closest to that, you know, that those proximal lymph nodes close to your torso, whether it be your hip or your armpit. And then you start from either above the knee or above the elbow and you kind of work in stages. You don't want to be pushing fluid from so far away. It's got so far to travel. And so helping the body out and working in those stages is going to be much more beneficial. Not saying that there's a wrong way, but if you're going to take the time to do it, let's make sure that we're really moving some fluid, right? Yeah. And it's like either way, like even the way that you teach how to do it, it's not it's not like it takes longer, you know, it's the same exact amount of time. It's just like, it's just more about being a little bit more effective. I feel like. So do you think that everyone should start with like that head and neck area, no matter like, say they were going to do some dry brushing on their legs. Would you still say to like, do your head and neck first? Totally. Regardless of where you're working, always start with the head and neck. And on the rare occasion, head you know, opening those channels in the head and neck, even just briefly is, is safe for anyone. Now, if you were going to do head and neck drainage, you know, if you had some sort of cardiac edema, some like congestive heart failure, you would just skip the head and neck, but it's such a rare, it's such a rare thing. And it's usually pretty safe. And it's pretty gentle. Like if you were doing it at home. Yeah. Like it, it's like if you, even if you just spent like a few minutes, do you want to talk a little, and even like, cause this is a video pod, we are, we are going to put this on YouTube. Do you want to show where exactly on the head and neck you would want to, like how you would open those up? Like where the most important areas are to focus on? Yeah, totally. So 
let's real quick go over. So it's going to be the subclavian vein underneath your clavicle. And the left side is actually responsible for draining most of the fluid in the body. Um, but the right side, the right side only does about half of the face, half of the torso and the right arm. So the left side works a lot harder, but you know, if you just take your fingers or your palm, you can just rub along the clavicles here for a few seconds. Sometimes if you want to go both, I'll say like, make a butterfly, <laughs> whatever helps people remember. Uh, or if it's a guy, I'm like Wu-Tang symbol. If that's right. I don't know. <laughs> well, you got to like make the, you know, you got to get them into it somehow. But yeah, sometimes I'll just kind of criss, I'll like crisscross my hands and do them at the same time. And, you know, as I had mentioned, those larger lymph nodes here, you can just kind of take a couple fingers. And what I'm doing is I'm kind of directing the pressure backwards and then down. So just gently, you know, kind of like the amount of pressure that you would handle a tomato. You don't really want to go any further than just the surface there. But yeah, you could just... And you could do some tapping along there. I don't want to like fire up my microphone here. But yeah, even, but even something as simple as doing that, you know, just noticing, man, I've been sitting at my computer for two hours <laughs> to just be like, hey, I'm just going to like slap my armpits and my groin real quick. You can kind of hit those choke points with just like a little, you know, hi, <laughs> and do a few deep breaths just to kind of give it a little wake up there. Yeah. I love the I love the emphasis on breath work and how that can get the diaphragm going. Cause a lot of people aren't, they're taking really shallow breaths all day, or maybe they're only mouth breathing. So they're in that more like sympathetic stressed out state during the day. So taking a little bit of time to like calm down a little bit um, and then just wake up those areas. I think it's most of us just don't know where they are honestly. Um, and so I think that's like the coolest part about learning about the limb system is that it's like, okay, so here are these concentrated areas. So say you were going to do some dry brushing or some light lymph massage, like on your arms. It's like, well, first, you know, you'd want to start with that kind of like subclavian area to wake those up. And then it sounds like, I believe like from the class that you taught, it's like the, then you would want to like wake up the armpit a little bit, then go from here to the armpit. And then there's another bottleneck on your elbow, which I, again, like it's not really talked about when we're getting into that, like dry brushing, limp support, that sort of thing. Um, but I do feel like it makes a big difference. I never noticed like the biggest difference from dry brushing until I started opening up the bottlenecks that made a really big difference for me. And I was like, okay, this feels significantly different, but then like supporting that head and neck area too. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that just takes a couple extra seconds or doing something in a different order. It doesn't may it doesn't mean that it's like more complicated, but I think, you know, you see those dry brushing charts or like the face massage or the lymphatic massage charts. And they're really just trying to make it as simple as possible. But I just feel like it's a it's one of those details where it's where it feels like a lot when somebody when somebody's telling you like, no, you gotta, you gotta touch the backs of your knees for a second before, and your hip for a second before you start dry brushing, but you start above the knee. But once you get the hang of it and you do it, then you're like, oh, it's, it's really just a matter of doing it in a different order and relearning 
how to do it optimally. So question about red light and lymphatic system. I saw that I saw you had a great post on Instagram about this. How does red light support the lymph system? Uh, so yeah, the, we have all these photoreceptors all over our body and because skin is like such a, you know, detoxing organ, the, the light, the waves from the light will kind of enter those photoreceptors and it becomes something that your body will apply to anywhere in your body. So you could be applying a red light to your abdomen to help with the gut, but then your body will put that to work elsewhere. And because there's, it like recharges the cells because, you know, there's definitely some electricity going on in our bodies. Uh, it's really neat because then it, it, it's the water component. So it just helps it travel. It's really cool. I'm, I'm no expert. I really, I listened to a podcast that had somebody who specialized in red light and they talk specifically about lymphatic and I like rewound it 10 times and listened. And it just, it's really helpful and supports the lymphatic system in a really unique way because of the water. So it's, it's big. That is very interesting. I mean, if you think about it, red light it does support our mitochondria. So like it can, anything that supports your mitochondria and how much energy your body can make, I feel like it's going to touch every system of the body because you need energy to have, to carry out different functions. But the, I, I'm still like so stuck on that ocean analogy for the lymphatic system. I'm like, that's perfect. I feel like in it kind of, it's a great way to understand it in a simple way, but even how you were like, you know, you want that Bermuda water. You don't like a mercury, like lake water was, it's just like, it's true. So supporting your lymph regularly to get you that Bermuda, nice lymph, beautiful looking lymph. Um, last thing, I think, what are, what are some tips that you have for people to start like incorporating some lymphatic support in their day to day? Like, I know you talk about like rituals and stuff that you have to support your lymph. How can someone get started with that? Yeah, I think that the easiest way to get started is to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Uh, Our brain really cleans itself at night. And there's, like I said, there's a lot of regeneration that happens there. And getting enough water. I know you go over the mineral portion of the type of water that we're drinking to make sure that we're actually getting hydrated, that water intake and hydration are two different things. Um, I incorporate a lot of very subtle lymphatic stuff. Like when I'm in the shower, I'm just, I'm washing my body and I'm applying lotion when I get out just in a more specific way. I don't know about you, but I definitely used to like very chaotically rub in lotion or sunscreen or (laughs) whatever. And it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. If I just understand a little bit about how I'm kind of sweeping it more towards the heart and maybe just taking an extra second to rub my armpit or my, the top of my hip there and behind my knee when applying, you know, skincare products, avoiding, you know, those environmental toxins. I have kind of one by one replaced everything that wasn't really up to par. And I know that you've talked about this in previous episodes where it just is like too overwhelming to be like, you've got to wipe out all environmental toxins, but avoidance is such a big 
thing to do, but it can be done very easily. You know, I used to burn incense. I liked the way they smelled. And then I realized, man, it's like having somebody smoking a cigarette. That's how bad it is for you. And so I just kind of stopped using little things like air fresheners and plastic Tupperware. I invested in like some glass Tupperware that was really nice. And those little things, they go a long way. You know, it's these little biological battles that our body is fighting every single day. It's how they're won or lost, you know? I really like the idea of like being a little bit more purposeful with like <laughs> lotion and the shower. That's how I started with the head and neck doing it so consistently. Cause I'm like, well, I know I'm going to wash my face twice a day. So instead yeah. of just like washing through yeah. like a crazy person, <laughs> like when I put on that last step for, I use like a beef tallow for my moisturizer and it's also a great consistency you know, cause to like glide nicely over your skin for that light touch for the lymphatic massage. That's like how I really got consistent with that. And the more you do it, like, it's like the quicker the process is, you know, it's like, not that you're rushing it, but like, you don't have to think, I don't think about it now. Cause I know all the steps I do them all get up to my eyebrows and I go back down just like how you taught us in class and like an ocean wave. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, do you have a post on that? Well, okay. So when I was trying to come up for a name for my course, I thought I was going to call it like the ocean inside. And I immediately was like, well, wait, that doesn't tell people anything. And I was like, I'll just use the ocean analogy it's, for but something it's like else. Perfect. It keeps coming back. Um, but, I'm going to, when I make some posts and stuff for the podcast, I'll make sure I include it. It's just like, it's nice to like go back to things like that to remember you know, because I think it's easy for people when you, you get deeper and deeper on a topic, you're trying to apply it in your life to overcomplicate it. And I feel like going back to that ocean analogy could just help people hopefully simplify because the whole point is, it's like, I'm not a lymphatic expert. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, now I've learned, I've learned to become more intuitive with it and I can recognize some fluid and stuff, but that's what, it's not like it took a ton of work. You know, it just took like doing it on a consistent basis. And I was like, oh, like I actually, I can feel some fluid in that area and I feel it moving or it's a little crunchy, like by that lymph node. So it's, I think it's just like all about implementing. So hopefully people feel like they can start implementing something after listening to this episode. And I'm going to make sure that I link um, a few of my favorite videos from your reels and your IGTV, because Leah is very generous with the amount of content that she shares. And she literally shows you guys how to do all this stuff, um, just even on her Instagram. So make sure you follow her at Lymph Love Club. And you're going to have a course coming out very soon after this airs. Yes. Intro to Lymph Flow. That's going to be kind of the basic, the foundation. And then I'll have I'll have shorter courses that are going to be very specific to certain conditions and how to treat those. Um, I'm most excited about the long hauler one, lots of lymph in the chest and around the lungs and being, being really specific with how you can kind of clear some of that inflammation. If you have existing COVID stuff. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen so much of that with your clients. So that's going to be really helpful for people. Yeah, it's been super beneficial for them, which has been really cool. So I'll definitely have just like little shorter ones that maybe are just like a couple hours, super, 
you know, just easy to build on that first foundation, which is like just the honker anatomy and physiology. And uh, yeah, so I will make sure that I link the um, because it'll I think it's going to come out. This will come out like around the 21st of March. So then your course will probably be available a little bit after that. So I'll make sure I link the wait list if you want to be notified of when Intro to Lymph Flow is available. Um, you definitely, I mean, I'm sure you'll see it on her Instagram if you're following her, but I will link all of that in the show notes. And I'm just excited. If you guys follow Leah and start applying anything, let us know tag us and let us know how it's going. I know lymph has been very supportive for me in this season. I'm, I'm really excited to use it postpartum too. I know that that's going to be like a lot of recovery. And I actually hear about a lot of fluid dysregulation postpartum in my clients. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on top of this now so I can avoid this in the future, hopefully, um, and just heal very quickly. But yeah, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to share with people or anything you want to tell them to go look at? Uh... Oh yeah, I guess let's real quick go over the fact that so many people are talking about the lymphatic system and lymphatic drainage these days on social media. And it's important to understand that a lot uh, of these people maybe are just really beautiful people that are showing you how to reduce fine lines and wrinkles and that that may not be a substitute for treating your migraines or your brain fog because there's a lot of rejuvenating techniques that are happening and the lymphatic fluid can only really flow in one direction. So some of these things where we're sweeping in the opposite direction is not really supporting that lymphatic flow, but it's great for skincare. So there, there's a cosmetic lymphatic and then there is a clinical lymphatic (laughs) and those are just, you know, some things to look out for. You want to make sure that you're opening your head and neck and you always, you know, in terms of working in stages there's a lot of those techniques are a little, a little off, just depending. Some of them are right. If you're not sure, just send me it. It'd be like, is this a yay or nay? And I'll let you know. (laughs) And I know a lot of my, blew into my membership. I reached out to you after you taught that class. Leah's very responsive. Um, So don't hesitate to reach out. I know people have posted comments on videos and tutorials that you've made and you always get back to them. So definitely very reachable online. But yeah, thank you so much for being here, Leah, and answering all my questions and sharing all your knowledge. Yes, Amanda, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review and sharing the podcast with someone you think it will help. If you are new here, we can't recommend enough to start with our mineral imbalance quiz. This is going to give you an idea if you are at low, moderate, or high risk for mineral imbalances. And then of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram at hormone healing RD and consider signing up for our newsletter. If you like nerding out and you are just loving these podcasts, but maybe you're a little bit more visual and you want to see things too, we go into a ton of detail in our weekly newsletter. So we would love to have you join us there. All right. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode.